The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents. Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip hop. You're listening to the Season 5 reboot of Breakdown, The MacGyver Murder Case, a podcast of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. For additional information, photos, videos, and documents relating to the MacGyver prosecution, please go to ajcbreakdown.com. Join our Breakdown Facebook group for continuing conversations about the case. And follow us on Twitter at AJC Breakdown and at AJC Courts. Previously on Breakdown. Um, at this time... Um, the state of Georgia would rest its case. Because of the Black Lives Matter reference and the racial elements of the story, people were essentially saying things like, off with his head, cut his nutsack, pardon me, ladies. Did you get into the bed? Never. Did you have sexual relations with Tex MacGyver that night in the bed? 1,000% never. Did he ever take his clothes off? No. Did you ever take your clothes off? No. I was so, so ready to tell you what the jury finally decided in the Tex McIver trial by the time of this recording. But the jury is yet to arrive at a verdict. I'm Bill Rankin of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Once the jury does make its decision, we'll be back. But before then, you should know that we were treated to some wonderful oratory during closing arguments at the end of the trial. We heard from four excellent lawyers, two prosecutors and two defense attorneys. Each of them made strong, strong arguments for their side. Of course, there was lead prosecutor Clint Rucker. He claimed Tex shot and killed Diane for her money. See, you were supposed to bring your bacon and put it on the plate, and I was going to put my eggs and put it on the plate. And then together, we can have a meal that we can share. But if all we got on the plate is my eggs, and now I got to pay for the bacon too, I don't really need you. When he killed that other guy, you know, it's like in the lottery. Like in the lottery. And then there was defense attorney Bruce Harvey. He argued the state's case was unsupported by facts and based on speculation. Maybe they argued in private. Maybe. But there's no evidence of that either. Maybe he had another woman in his life and we heard about all the speculation. But that's maybe again. That's speculation. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Pay no attention to the proof of accident. Rely on our red herrings to reach your decision. That's what the state's case has been in this case. 
nothing more than the maybes. Rucker began his closing with a poem. In fact, he'd rewritten a poem recited by Denzel Washington in the movie Antoine Fisher. And I gotta say, I sure didn't expect anything like this. Who will stand for the little girl who was murdered and all alone? Who will stand for the little girl who is now dead without her own? Who will stand for the little girl who came from humble means? Who will stand for the little girl who fulfilled all of her dreams? Who will stand for the little girl who achieved much success? Who will stand for the little girl whose love for Austin was endless. Who will stand for Diane MacGyver? She knew betrayal, hurt, and pain. He was just coveting her money again and again. Who will stand for Diane MacGyver, a great woman she tried to be. Who will stand for truth and justice? Truth and justice, as she cries out, who will stand for me? Defense attorney Don Samuel didn't have a poem One may have been enough, but he did have a story for the jurors. It was about civic duty, about this moment in time, about the awesome responsibility that soon awaited them. You are not gonna forget the last six or seven weeks. I guarantee you, 10 years, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, you're gonna be sitting at the dinner table. Your kids will be there, your grandkids will be there. And someone's going to say, one of your adult kids, I just got a jury summons. What a waste of time. And your grandkid's going to say to you, Grandma, Grandpa, I'll call you Grand since i got to be gender neutral here. Grand, you ever served on a jury? You're going to say, I sure did. What kind of case was it, Grand? What kind of case was it? It was a murder case. It was a murder case involving a man named Tex MacGyver, your grandkids eyes as big as frisbees now. You were a juror in a murder case? What was it about? What did you do? Tell him it was about a guy in a car, wasn't a perfect person. Backseat of car, shoots the gun, killed his wife. And the whole case was, was it murder or was it an accident? What did you decide? What did you decide? You're gonna say it was not easy. It was not easy. You know, the jury system in our country is the most majestic institution that we have. There's 12 people in the community. Young, old, men, women, black, white, everyone. Y'all have more power than anybody else in this country. And you're telling your grandkids this. But the experience this was, 
it was a pain in the neck to deal with our family problems, our work problems, our vacation schedules. Boy, was that an experience. When we walked out, 12 of us walked out into that jury room to deliberate. It was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. It was the most inspiring, awesome obligation I've ever had. What did you do? How did you decide? We were back there for many hours, maybe days. I can't remember now. It seemed like forever. We laughed a little bit, cried a little bit. It's a very sad case. Grand. Grand honor. What did you decide? We deliberated with dignity. We deliberated with grace. We deliberated with compassion. And I'll tell you what. We walked out of that room. Proudest moment of my life. Throughout the trial, Judge Robert McBurney allowed jurors to ask questions of witnesses. In this trial, jurors wrote 284, yes, 284 questions down on notepads that they passed up to the judge. McBurney didn't ask all of them, but he asked plenty of them. And they showed a jury whose members were engaged and inquisitive. Throughout their deliberations last week, jurors continued to ask questions. They sent notes to Judge McBurney wanting more information and clarification. They also asked the judge for permission to take the gun that killed Diane McGovern with them and sit in the Ford Expedition where the shooting occurred. And McBurney let him do it. And as they sat in the back seat where Tex sat, some pulled the trigger that Tex pulled. The revolver was empty this time, of course, but the jurors tried their best to reconstruct what happened. I hope that highly unusual exercise will help them reach unanimous verdicts, and soon. Next, on Breakdown. The jurors have three more questions delivered on a large post-it note. Um, Question one, if not guilty on one through four, can number five be guilty? Breakdown is reported and narrated by Bill Rankin, produced by Richard Hallix. Sound design by Chris Basta of Bare Knuckles Creative in Atlanta. Original music composed and performed by Bo Emerson, Billy Kewen, and Chris Basta. Special thanks to Bert Roten, who lit the fire that became Breakdown. Special thanks as well to the AJC's editor-in-chief and podcaster, Kevin Riley, to Pete Corson, Monica Richardson, Mark Wallagore, and all the fine folks at the Journal-Constitution, plus Chris Basta and Chris Nicholson, a.k.a. C1 and C2, Buddy Hall, Josh Gaynor, and our good friends at WSB-TV and radio. Hello, this is a collect call from... Tex McIver. An inmate at... Fulton County Jail. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. 
Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.